Hello everyone and welcome back. On this episode, Kayla sits down with Molly Otto, North Dakota cowgirl and mother of three. Molly is a self-taught trainer who has been winning at the rodeos and fraternities. She's on fire in 2020, winning the buyback round at the American in all three rounds of the five state. Molly's episode is brought to you by MVP Equine Supplements. Even a non-rodeo regular person knows that maintaining healthy joints is key when it comes to longevity of your horse's career. MVPs exceed six-way pellets, provide high joint level support, as well as benefits to your horse's muscles, hooves, gastric, hair coat, and digestion. Exceed six-way is clinically researched and backed with a 60-day money-back guarantee, making it easy first choice for an all-in-one performance horse supplement. Be sure to check out MVP's whole line at medbetfarm.com. All right, Molly and Kayla, take it away. This is The Money Barrel. and you started even this year off with a bang in the rodeo so thanks for joining us today Molly yeah um I guess we should just start off with um introducing yourself yeah tell us tell us a little bit about yourself for those of you that may not know who you are okay well my name's Molly Otto and I'm from Grand Forks North Dakota um I have three kids two boys and a daughter and um, I train barrel horses for a living. How old are your kids? Uh, my oldest just turned 14. My other son will turn 11 next week. And my daughter's four. So you are busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very busy. Yep. And how long have you been training barrel horses? Um, well, I've been kind of just training my own horses for a while and, and then taking a few outside horses, but I probably started training my own horses in, I don't know, around 2008, 2009. Did you always barrel race? I mean, ever since, you know, through junior rodeo and high school, or did you kind of get into it a little bit later in life? So I actually grew up in town and I didn't get my first horse until I was about 15. Um, (laughs) I started taking riding lessons when I was in seventh grade. I begged my parents for a horse and my whole life, ever since I can remember. And they always just would tell me like, no, we live in town. You can't have a horse, you know? So they would try to buy me like everything, like all these little horse toys or like a saddle keychain, you know, like that was going to fix That was going to deter (laughs) you from the real thing. Yes. (laughs) And then they let me take lessons and, um, they still were like, well, this is just a phase. And so I finally convinced them to lease me a horse when I was in ninth grade. And she was like a beautiful horse, but she was like the worst barrel horse or horse in general. <laughs> she, you know, I wanted to do everything because at that time I didn't know anybody that knew anything about barrel racing except just going to the local play day stuff and, you know, do it, do it for fun. And So I did all of the horse show events and then I would do barrel racing at the end of the day and the horse would just trot so slow around the barrels and then get to the third barrel and run a hundred miles an hour home. (laughs) And my parents, my parents were like, wow, I can't believe she still likes to do this. I mean, she's terrible at it. The horse is terrible at it. Like, 
Like, I can't believe she still wants to do this. And That's so, awesome. Yeah, they told me that, like, well, I think I was the, the end of my ninth grade year. They told me we're not going to lease horse anymore. They were sure I was going to, like, outgrow this phase. And then finally, when I was a sophomore, they were like, okay, fine. Fine, we'll buy you a horse. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds a lot like that. That sounds a lot how like I got into it too. My dad told me once he's like, "Yeah, I saw you chop the pattern," and I was like, "Cop, she is not good at this." (laughs) And he thought I'd get out of it too. And right, right. So they bought me a horse, and he was a finished rope horse and a finished feral horse, and their kids used them for all the 4-H events, and um, I bought him and I trained him to do all of the Western Pleasure stuff, all the show stuff, and he would go and win at all of that. And then he would turn around and win in the barrel racing and the pole bending and everything. He was like an amazing horse. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes it fun. Did you did you ride with other people or were you kind of self-taught? Um well I mean I rode with uh Krista Montgomery who is a like a pleasure show horse trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I learned a lot of the basics of riding. And then um, when I went to college, I I joined the NDSU rodeo team. And um, my coach helped me a lot with my young horses. And I like, you know, I learned, they did a lot of the Ed and Martha right style. And I Mm -hmm. used some of that. And then I just kind of developed my own style based on like feel. Um, I went to one clinic and it was just a couple of years ago. Um, but other than that, like everything else was just kind of self-taught. That's really cool. So did you stay with rodeos more right off the bat or I'm like, how did you get into deciding to train younger horses? I got married when I was just turned 20 and I, my son was one. And so like, we didn't have a lot of money and I ended up just buying a horse at a sale. Um, her name was, I'm a rare bug and I didn't know anything about her. I bought her for $1,500 and, um, I just trained her. (laughs) I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was trying to be amazing. (laughs) Yes. She was, she actually, um, I won my first college rodeo honor. Uh, she had been out like five times to five different barrel races total. I started her in December of, of like our Christmas break um, at school. And then it was April. She came out and won the college rodeo. And wow. then, yeah. And um, then that summer I bought my permit and um, filled it at two rodeos honor. And, um, then I just, you know, I just did like a lot of jackpots and local stuff because I didn't really know a lot, mm-hmm. um, about, I don't know. I mean, I knew a lot about barrel racing, but I didn't really know what the paturities were or anything like that. I was just kind of having fun running this horse and she was making me money at the barrel races. And, um, and then I ended up deciding that I wanted to try paturity horse. So I ended up buying a four-year-old and, and what, uh, what year was this um I got the four-year-old um the, the Carmen's fantasy mare I bought her it was 
December of 2013, and I featured eater in 2014. Okay. So, really, I mean, you haven't been necessarily training fraternity horses for that long in the scheme of things. Right. I I had rode a couple other horses for some friends of mine. Like, I went to, like, one or two fraternities here and there. But at the time, I didn't really have any clue about them or really what I was doing. It was just kind of like, oh, cool, my horse. The horse I'm riding is eligible for this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's just go enter this one. They, they have a lot yeah. of added money. Let's give it a shot. Right, exactly. <laughs> Was it hard getting into the training of things? I mean, you have three young kids, and I live in a place where winters are probably not the <laughs> easiest thing to train through. Um, tell us a little bit about, like, your training program and how you've adapted to that stuff. Well, I a lot of times feel like I'm not really sure how I make a barrel horse <laughs> because I don't have a lot of things going for me <laughs> where I live. It's so far from everything. Um, my indoor that I have is only 50 by 75. Okay. And I train, I train barrel horses in that all winter. That's how I make them. I don't really, I'm not really sure how. <laughs> and um, my outdoor has like the worst ground in the world. So, <laughs> so really, you're um, you're prepared to make some rodeo horses in small sets, yes, exactly, is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, my horses really learn how to, you know, stay square and and place their feet, or they're gonna fall down. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just really interesting. You know, we don't have a lot of weeknight jackpots anywhere near me. It's like three hours to an indoor for jackpot um even just like something with nothing no money added and um I haul a lot so I feel like my horses get seasoned pretty easily even without like hauling them to exhibition they are on the trailer a lot going to get worked um I don't know it's it's just different living here (laughs) yeah I mean seasoned out of necessity more so than you know, every week driving 20 minutes down the road. Right. Yeah. It's a long drive anywhere. So, you know, I, I've kind of been, we just became recent Facebook friends, I guess, but I've, you know, seen your successes this year. And I guess I didn't even realize, you know, it kind of started off at the beginning of the year with the American semifinals and um, like the rodeo scene. So I guess let's, like kind of talk about this this year because it's been pretty decent for you yeah I think this is I've usually had like one or two good horses every year but I don't know this year I just had a lot more opportunity to go to some bigger things and so that's been really exciting so tell us about like your rodeo horse in the American semis um well I rode the horse six appeal um we call him Jimmy and, you know, he didn't have a ton of rodeo experience prior to the American. I mean, I ran him at, I don't know, like three rodeos last year. And um, and then I ran him at the circuit finals. I made the Badlands circuit finals last year. And he, you know, he didn't have like amazing runs, but he, he went out and he placed in every round that I ran him in and um, one fourth in the average. 
at the circuit finals. And then um, I was just really excited to run him at Northside because like that is the perfect pen for him. Just long, narrow events. Um, he really, he really likes those kinds of pens. Did you train and, this um, horse as well? Yep, okay. I did. So you guys were like, prepare. This is kind of going to feel like home to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I saw, you know, that you went, you went in the first round, didn't go that well. And so you had to buy back. And yeah. The buy the back went round, really well. Yeah. So in the first round, I was pretty nervous and I saw, you know, I heard a lot of fast times and I just thought, oh, I need to be fast. And I think I just had way too much energy and I don't really ever feel that way or think that way when I ride my horses, but I think I was just feeling extra pressure and um, he could just feel that. And I think it just freaked him out a little bit. And so he just thought, I'm just going to run fast instead of just going out there and going around the barrels. Like on him, it's just all I need to do is just sit up there and let him work and not try to be fast, just have a nice smooth run. And I just think I was just trying too hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then in the buyback round, I just thought it, I've got nothing to lose. So just go out there and just let him do what he's supposed to do. And, and he did exactly that. And so how did you like, I guess, get your mental state? And because the buybacks are generally tougher than really, you know, the, the first race. So how'd you get your mindset to, you know, just be able to go and focus on your job for that? Do you prepare any um, different or do you just go and make no. another run? Nope. I did not. I did not like work him different. I didn't do anything different. I just tried to basically tell myself like, it's just barrel racing. Just go out there and just let him do his job. Like, doesn't matter what anybody else is running, what's leading it doesn't matter. Like I knew that my horse was capable of going out there and winning it because I'd ran him previously at the rodeos there um, that weekend and the weekend before and he clocked a 13-7 every single time. Oh, wow. All I needed to do was just go out there and like get around the barrels and not try to do anything different. So um, I just, you know, just try to like stay calm and just do – Ride him exactly how I would ride him anywhere. Ride him like a train him. Yeah, exactly. Just let him work. And then how did how did the performances go? Um, he, you know, he worked good in the perf. I made a mistake on him. He overturned the first just a tiny bit, and I bumped him to come back and as soon as I bumped him he just listened and he just sat and he started his turn here early so he ended up taking an extra step on the backside which cost us and he we ended up 11th I think we got beat by like five thousandths of a second oh gosh by the last runner so that was pretty disappointing <laughs> oh that's hard but still yeah. like a pretty awesome accomplishment but yeah it was a really it was really fun it was really great experience a little stressful I'm sure <laughs> I mean just slide it out and then get beat out by the last person but we're gonna try again so <laughs> awesome have you taken him to any more qualifiers this year yep um I ran him in Winona and he placed second and so and I got my other mare qualified so I got two. Oh, perfect you're already set yeah 
Yep. So starting the year off, you know, kind of with the rodeos and having success in the circuit finals, did you plan on rodeoing this year mainly or just a little bit of circuit stuff and focusing on the fraternities? Because I know you've been a lot at the fraternities this summer and fall. Yeah. So when I started the year, um, we had kind of decided that we were going to try to make the circuit finals and um, and but I had a, a few fr- nice fraternity colts, so it was just kind of go to what we can as far as the rodeos go. Um, if we can work them out with the schedule and um, and do mostly the fraternity stuff. So I got I made the circuit finals. I I got in at the last rodeo, so that was kind of exciting. Oh, perfect! <laughs> it was really tough this year. I mean, seriously, it was like an NFR at every single rodeo in our circuit this year. So yeah, every one it has you know 150 entries, and so I mean, placing well, in anything actually, this year is an accomplishment. Well, actually, in our circuit, because over the fourth we had the most rodeos to go to, and we had like I think there was 280. Oh, wow. Barrel racing entries at every one of our rodeos over the forest. So, yeah, it was pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. So, you took, you had some fraternity horses too. How do you prepare either the same or different if you're going to a fraternity or going to a rodeo? Do you do any tuning on your rodeo horses or do you just keep them in shape? Um, how, how do you kind of get them ready to go? Um, well, actually, I ran... Six appeal at all the indoor rodeos that I went to, which wasn't very many because a lot of stuff was canceled. But um, I ran actually my four-year-old, that teasing that guy, mm-hmm. at um, all this um, summer rodeos. Oh, wow. And so she, <laughs> I didn't really do anything different with her. I just made sure I got in the pen so she could see everything which she's not scared of anything but mostly so she could feel the ground and so I might like just do some slow work or maybe just kind of cruise her through once just so she could feel the ground underneath her took her a couple rodeos to figure out that she needed to slow down in her turns because the ground you know is a lot different than it is at the fraternities it's not perfect everywhere you go Mm -hmm. and um once once she had figured out she you know she really started to do well so let's talk about her this year because I feel like she has been on a roll. Yeah, she's in a really great call. Uh, tell tell us about her, and you know, obviously you trained her too. So I mean, just kind of tell us all about her. Oh, uh, she's probably one of the easiest horses to have on the trailer. I mean, she's like acts like a seasoned pro at everything. I mean, hauling her by herself in her stall where she can't see the other horses like tying her to the trailer taking away from the horses like everything is so easy with her she always has a great attitude and loves to work um she loves barrels I don't know it's like she it's so crazy I've I've had a lot of colts that have been really nice but I don't know she's one of the easiest and um most confident colts I've ever ran um, I just know that she's always going to work every time I go in there. I mean, she may not clock every single time, but she literally goes out there and looks for the barrels and does what she's supposed to do. That makes your job a lot easier and probably more fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I just ran her at um, Stephenville 
at the rodeo there and I was like oh gosh I didn't get to get her in the pen I I mean I know she's gonna go out there and find the barrels but is she gonna clock you know obviously when you show up you want to do well so you want to give your horse and yourself the best opportunity to do well and I just thought oh well if I know she'll work it it is what it is and I'm just gonna have confidence in her and just and again just let her work and don't try to make anything happen up there. And, and she went out and smoked a run, ended up third. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So did she start off the fraternity year winning right off the bat or has she come on stronger in the fall? Walk us through it. Um. Well, the very first time I entered her, I went to um, a jackpot in Minnesota and I just saw, you know, my only goal is to get her to go straight across the pen to the second because every once in a while, like when I would exhibition her, as soon as it was felt kind of for real, she would kind of like duck and dive a little bit across the pen. Like she didn't know where to go a hundred percent. And so I just thought, I'm just going to go there. I'm not going to try to be fast. I'm just going to go out there and build her confidence. And um, I made a run and I felt really good, but I didn't think it felt like blazing fast or anything. And um, I broke the arena record on her. Okay. So she started off with a bang. Yes. <laughs> I said, I told her, I said, I don't want to run her anymore. We can only go down from here. <laughs> I think we should just retire her now. <laughs> We're done. She's done. She's proven yeah. that she has what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's awesome. Did you go uh, to Texas or Arizona in the winter? Um, I went to the first two fraternities in Arizona in January, which was the first time I'd ever been out there. Um, she placed in the average, I think, both weekends that we were out there. I can't really remember how she ended up. I mean, she had, she ran like a 17 one on standard and she got faster pretty much every, every run. That's awesome. How do you like coming from North Dakota to Arizona, like keeping them in shape? I mean, do you just, do you do a lot of trotting in the snow or just all in your indoor, <laughs> just kind of getting them? I mean, cause obviously she went down there ready to run. Yeah, so I pretty much just ride in my indoor. It's big enough to lope circles. I can set up, a, I can set up drills or mm -hmm. barrels, lope circles around them. I can pretty much do whatever I need to do. And then um, I hauled her to a friend's house and cruise her through there. Um, I mean, nothing super special. It's just basically... You're everyday riding just in a smaller area, I guess. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Just keeping it simple. Yeah. Did you guys get to go anywhere when COVID shut down? Um, or, you know, were you able to take that time off and just rest her? How did you approach getting ready for the summer? Um, yeah, we didn't really do anything for quite a while, I think, until the Ruby Buckle. Um. And how'd that go for you? Oh, actually, when was the Ruby Buckle? Was that in May or June? June. Can't remember. June. June. Okay. Okay. I think we went to one maturity in May, the end of May, um, before we went there. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just pretty much I just rode him every day hoping that we would get to go if, like things were gonna start opening up again. <laughs> yeah, get to go somewhere. Yeah. And how did the Ruby Buckle go for you? You know, she 
made two decent runs there. Um, not spectacular, but not bad. She ended up placing in the um, average in the fraternity. Um, I can't even remember. It wasn't like anything spectacular. I had my chin strap got loosened up on her, and I think that it just wasn't set how she needed it to be because the following weekend I made some adjustments. I, I went home and I thought, geez, I need a tune on her, but she's working fine. I don't know why she's doing all these things. And I um, kind of got that figured out and she went back to herself again. So, well, I think that's I'm, a smart point to bring up that, you know, that if, even if you have a bad weekend, it's not necessarily you have to go back to tuning on them. It might just be the smallest of adjustments and then just right. keep going, like just keep going with them. Right. Yep. And so then the following month, you had a pretty good five states. Yep. How did walk, yep. walk us through that? Well, in the first go, um, she made a good run. I think she clocked a 17-2 on the standard, um, which she ended up winning the go. Um, a, lo- a lot of horses were slipping, but she seemed to handle the ground fine. On um, the second go, she came back and ran a uh, 16.9 on standard. And um, she just, I mean, she couldn't, I don't know if she could have made a better run. And then later that day, she had to come back for the finals and she won that with a 17.0. How did you prep any different knowing that you were going to have to run twice in one day? Or, I mean, it sounds like well, with her, you just do the same thing every time. Yeah, so to be honest, I really didn't even know that they had a finals there. I That's a so surprise. I know, yeah, I didn't know until like that Saturday they were like, you know, they take whatever, I can't remember if it was like top 15 or something like that in the average comes back to the finals and that's like later that afternoon on Sunday and I was like, oh wow, I had no idea. So, you know, I, I just... Just try to not change anything and, um, like, try to get her as rested and relaxed in between runs as I could. So. And, obviously, it worked out well. Yeah. Um, so, I'm kind of, as, as we're talking, scrolling through your Facebook and, you know, looking through some videos and stuff. And you have, how, how many fraternity cults this year? Three? Four? Yep three this year are do you have to adjust your writing styles to you know get on three different cults or do you kind of try to approach them all the same well they none of them are like at all okay not even one uh, all right <laughs> ounce of them. How, tell us about their styles and kind of how you approach that well like um i don't even know they're all like kind of a combination of free running and push style. Um, I just basically try to ride my horses and let them work and not try to do a lot on them. Like when I compete, I'm just hoping that all of my training shows up, you know, Yep. and not try to make anything happen. So I just, you know, like when I run Chewy, that's the yellow horse. That's what we call her. She um, is really honest. I just try to stay out of her face and um sit up there and like let her work and then when I get on slick I 
um, need to help him just a tiny bit more. He's just not quite as seasoned as Chewie is. I mean, he's still, he's a great Colt. But he, I just feel like I need to, like, help him a tiny bit more. Um, also stay out of his face, but I need to be there for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then the line share fame that I have, Layla, she is, she was really coming on in July and then she ended up getting sick um at the Royal Crown. And so um she's just feels like she's starting to get back to herself and get finding that fire again. Um she's one like she's really honest. Um it's just like getting her to put her feet in the right spot, but she she's a good cult too. I think that, I mean, that always keeps you on your toes as far as having, you know, multiple styles to go out and run. When when you're riding yeah. colts and whether you take them, you know, to the rodeo, since you enter some rodeos on your colts or, you know, the American qualifier or whatever, uh, how, how do you prep for that as far as warming up or do you, you know, do they get any supplements or, you know, any leg care, anything special that you know is really important to your program um well I don't really do anything special I don't really feed any supplements um I don't generally feel like I need to like give my horses any calming stuff um I my program is like really based on building the confidence of of these horses and um putting them in good situations and like allowing them to work and try to just keep them really confident in their job and what they're supposed to do and and paying attention to me if that makes sense oh yeah Instead of I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's great advice um especially when you have colts that are running you know as fast as rodeo horses they need confidence to be able to do that Right. So I try really, really to not pick on them a lot, especially when I'm warming them up. Um, like I might ask for a few things like I want them to be responsive to me, but I also don't want to be like overdoing things where they just start getting frustrated. That I'm touching their face all the time because I want them like when I go out there and I do bump you or I do ask you for something, I want them to be like responsive and I want it to mean something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess I wouldn't really say that I um do anything special for them. I don't I don't like use any special leg care. I might put some back on track stuff on them at night or whatever, but I don't I don't know. I don't do anything like super exciting. Just try to do the same things that I would do at home with them. I love it. I love just the solid confident approach to things I feel it makes life so much more simple so going from the five states to what what was next probably oh the royal crown and the fizz bomb um I you know it looks like you won quite a bit of money in you know the royal crown side pots the blue collar side pots um what are your thoughts on those extra you know breeders incentives and in opportunities, I guess, now that we have in our industry? Well, I guess that, you know, after getting to compete for some of this money, I 
really think that it's pretty neat opportunity for trainers or riders and owners and breeders in general just to have the opportunity to win big money like this. I mean, it's made a huge difference for myself this year on like the amount of money I've won or actually been able to make going to down the road, you know? Yeah. Yep. And like even my, the owner of Chewy, she, she bred and raised her. So she's getting an opportunity to win some of this money back that she's invested into her horse and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. I think it's a really great thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Cause your, your slip by design is one quite a bit of money and you know the blue collar and stuff like that right yeah he he you know he actually hasn't even been out that much he's only been to a handful of things and he has like just barely under forty thousand one this year because of blue collar side pots like been a big thing for him which is awesome i mean yeah that that's that's really really awesome um looking at like I said, going through your videos and stuff, you know, you've run in small arenas and big arenas and, you know, you talked about you're keeping your Colts confident when you go in exhibition at a new place, same thing. Do you do anything really different or do you just trot them through? Do you make runs? How do you walk us through a little bit of like your training program, I guess, to get them to the point where they're ready to run? Um, I guess this year, like, it seems like, um, With my Colts, I might get, like, two exhibitions on them at the beginning of the weekend or whatever, and I'll maybe, like, lope up, break them down to a trot or a stop, walk them around the barrel a couple times, just kind of like, hey, this is where the barrels are, this is what you're here for, and then I'll just, like, cruise them through, just let them pick their speed, go out there, find the barrels, get to feel the ground, and then um, they're usually pretty good with that. Um, you know, ideally it's a lot better when you don't have to exhibition them and do all that stuff. But right now, I mean, like the summer, I felt like we were competing for a lot of money. And so I wanted to give them the best opportunity to be comfortable and confident out in the arena. So I just felt like that was the best approach for my quilts this year. Awesome. I love it. Uh, so what is your, what's the rest of this year look like for you? Um, well, I think we have, uh, what do we have coming up? We have the Pro Elite World Finals in October and the Ruby Buckle, the BFA in Oklahoma City. I think we're going to try to do WPRA finals as well. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And then when, when's your circuit finals? Oh, that's next weekend. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) just just (laughs) next weekend. It's all right. Yeah. You're ready. (laughs) Yeah. No stress. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always like to ask this question because I just think it's so interesting. If there were two or three things in your trailer or barn that you just absolutely couldn't live without, what are they? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't have a lot of stuff that's really exciting. Um, I love my really, really old Double J Lynn McKenzie saddle that I bought used. That was probably like 15 years old when I bought it. And I've had it replaced, well, a lot of things replaced on it, but it was my absolute 
favorite saddle ever. I don't think I could live without it. Hey, it it's a winner. You, right. you win a lot in that saddle. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and the third thing, I'm not really sure. Probably my own pillow. I have to have my own pillow everywhere I go. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> not very exciting stuff. Hey, I like it. Well, awesome. We wish you luck, Molly, this upcoming weekend. And thanks so much for joining us um, and sharing a little bit of your wisdom about rodeo and fraternity horses. And we'll be cheering you on this fall. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. hope you guys are enjoying our little podcast experiment we have an awesome list of guests lined up so make sure you tune in next time huge shout out to mvp equine supplements make sure you check out medvetfarm.com and let them know the money barrel sent you see you all next time